When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Oh my goodness me! What a fantastic goal! What a goal! That is absolutely superb! Huge cheers go up around Emirates Stadium. Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast for the week of the 20th of November 2017. I'm your host, Russell Hargreaves. Coming up on today's show, Tuba Akpom on what it takes to make it through the Arsenal Academy. We look at the letter V in the A to Z of Arsenal. And Adrian Clark joins us to look ahead to the trip to Burnley on Sunday. We kick off, though, by looking back at the North London derby with a special doubleheader of our Arsenal Insider. Let's hear from another Arsenal insider on the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. So the first of two Arsenal insiders to look back at that win against Spurs in the derby. I'm delighted to say it's none other than Tom Watt who joins us on the line now. Tom, how's it going? Yeah, really well, really well. Appreciate you coming on, mate. And uh, obviously you were there to witness uh, a great win over Spurs and uh, yeah. a happy man this Monday morning. Yeah, no, it was um, it was a great afternoon, actually. It was uh, it was kind of, it was a 2-0 win. It was actually, you know, by the end of the game, it was pretty much a hiding. And um, it's a while since we've been able to say that about an Arsenal-Spurs game. What impressed you and pleased you most about the way it all panned out, given the fixture? Just kind of commitment from start to finish really I think you know you you do as a fan um, want to see it mattering the North London derby mattering as much to the players as it does to us and I've just got the feeling that pretty much to a man almost from the opening minute or two it was obvious that that's how we were set do you know what I mean it was um I mean, I, you know, Pochettino, who I've got uh, no end of admiration for, but how he could describe Tottenham having been the better team before we scored was just, you know, we'd got, already got in behind them three or four times. We were already making it impossible for them to play football at all. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that the kind of, the half hour before we scored was actually as, you know, that kind of lifted you um, as much as the goals did, really. I think, it, you know, you just saw from the team what, what you wanted to see in a North London derby. So you mentioned those goals, chances at both ends until the deadlock was broken with a quick fire double. Here's a quick reminder. Kolasinac, Ramsey, Lacazette all line up on the edge of the penalty area waiting for the delivery. Is it going to be an in-swinger? And Alexis, uh, uh, Alexis Sanchez or an out-swinger from Ozil. Out-swinger it is, left-footed. It's uh, towards Mustafi with a header, it's got in! How about that? Back on the team sheet, straight onto the score sheet. 
And a terrific header that just is guided beyond Hugo Lloris and first blood in the North London derby is struck by Arsenal. But we mentioned it in our pre-match show, in the last seven Premier League meetings between the sides at the Emirates Stadium, the side scoring the first goal has only gone on to win once. That was a 1-0 success back in 2013. Olivier Giroud was on the score sheet then. Meanwhile, this is Lacazette. Offside flag stays down. Lacazette looking to pull it back. Here is towards Alexis Sanchez. Must score! And does. Arsenal have got a second. Alexis Sanchez inside the six-yard box. It is Arsenal 2. Tottenham nil. Spurs switch off. And they are punished again. Fantastic goals. And what I liked as well is seeing almost two Arsenals over the game. The first sort of half of fluid, intense attacking football. Then, when needed in the second, just tightening things up and being organised to ride that ship home. Yeah, I didn't. I'll be perfectly honest. I mean, I don't know if that's how you saw the second half. I thought the second half, to be perfectly honest, I was watching, you know, a Tottenham team that didn't have a clue how mm. they were going to score a goal. I just thought pretty much launching long balls was what they were about. And I thought we, for the entire second half, looked far more likely to score on the break than they looked like scoring for all that they had a little bit more possession of the football than we did. Mm, I suppose not being overly challenged made it easier to look compact and tight and calm, absolutely. Um, one key point, I suppose, is this blossoming trio. We talked so much about Lacazette, Alexis and Ozil getting a chance together. They don't always get it from the start. And this was a really good example of how it can work and work so well. Yeah, absolutely, it can work so well. But, you know, that's, that's about attitude and that's about kind of strength of mind and that's about a willingness. You know, it... Obviously, you're talking about three great players there, but there are other people who I think would have brought the same attitude, and arguably the game could have had the same effect. Do you know what I mean? You know, if you had, you had the likes of Jack Wilshere on the bench, Danny Welbeck, um, Alex Iwobi, you know, I, I'm, I'm not sure it's kind of oh great our stars turned up. I think it was it was rather more important than that. I think it was kind of all eleven turning up, and absolutely they led from the front, but. You know, you could argue that the stars really were, were Cosioni, Mustafi and Monreal, who were absolutely, you know, if, if you're wanting three people playing as a unit, they were absolutely first class. And Tom, just finally, you talk about driving standards, competition for places as we prepare for the Europa League game in Cologne later this week. Again, opportunities for one or two of the players you've just alluded to there who are there or thereabouts and wanting to prove their worth to shine again. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure they will get, you know, they will get their chance and hopefully it'll be a, a little less um, ordinary than uh, the home game against Red Star Belgrade was. No, absolutely. It, it is a chance for people to get to get games under their belts. I'm not sure how many of those are, are you know, are going to be kind of pushing for a place at, at Turf Moor next Sunday, which is really, let's be honest, that's the game that matters, you know, to, to have done what we did against Tottenham and then not turn up to play Burnley away as if we were playing the North London derby would be unforgivable, to be perfectly honest. That's, you know, that's what we have to do now. You set your standard and you meet it. You don't kind of set your standard and then get a cigar on for a, a couple of months until <laughs> you play in the next, you know, in the next kind of headline game like a North London derby always is. I think next Sunday, uh, uh, you know, don't like we don't need to worry about that. We, we're we're going to be playing Europa League football, like it or not, in the new year, whatever happens on Thursday night. Sunday is the one. 
We should look ahead to that game with Adrian Clark at the chalkboard in a few minutes. And Tom in the Wimwell, thank you very much indeed for coming back onto the Arsenal Weekly Podcast, mate. It's been brilliant. Pleasure. Happy days up the Arsenal. <laughs> Tom Watt joining us there. And at this special double header of this section on the back of the North London derby, we're now delighted to say that we're joined by the former Arsenal midfielder, David Hillier on the line. David, how's it going? Yeah, it's fine, thanks for us. I'm a lot better after the result at the weekend. And you're out in Gran Canaria on holiday as well, where you watched it. So happy days. Yeah, I watched it with um, with a little Sam Miguel and one of my good friends who's a Manchester United fan. So um, it went down quite well that week. <laughs> no, we've just been discussing Tom Watt and I, among other things, the Alexis, Lacazette and Ozil trio really standing up and delivering. Was that one of the big plus points that you take out of that game as well? Yeah, I think the way the three of them started, you know, very pacey and really gritty performance up front, got them under pressure. I think with Dyer at the back it was an obvious weakness, and I think they jumped on it straight away. And um, Tottenham never really, really got out of their half for the first probably 15, 20 minutes, and that's where I think they won the game. And Ursel in particular, man of the match, really good to see him stand tall in a, in a big game. For those who still potentially are not 100% convinced by his credentials in, in these big one-off occasions. Yeah, I mean, and Ozil, I look at his stats all the time. He covers more ground than any Arsenal player the majority of the time. You know, his work rate is second to none. Sometimes I think it goes unseen. But when he's working alongside Alexis and Alexander Lacazette and they're doing so well, he does stand out. And he certainly stood out in this game, not just for his work rate, but just, you know, he can pick a pass and dominate players he was up against. Well, let's just quickly hear a little bit, David, from Ozil himself. Here's what he had to say on that uh, three-pronged partnership when speaking to Arsenal Media post-match. I really enjoy it. Um, I talked to, to you guys in the past, so we have um, good quality. Um, and Lacazette and um, Alexis are always dangerous. Um, they can always score. And today, especially Alexis, show his quality. I'm really happy to, um, for him to score against Tottenham and... We are really thankful to, to win this game. And just hopefully Arsenal will continue to kick on from this big benchmark, David. It is critical, isn't it, that this isn't just a big standout victory, that it, it leads to another big run of form, which we know this squad is more than capable of. Yeah, well, well team form has been great at home. So maybe the performances haven't been reflected as much as the good results, but I think they should look back at this performance and say, this is how we've got to approach every game. We've, we've got to dominate our opposite numbers in each position, which I think they all did. Um, but great contribution from, from Mustafi in the box. You know, big goals from areas. Set plays and deliveries were much better. I think that's something that the team's been working on. Um, and just that overall togetherness really, really was there. And if they approach every game, like you said, for the rest of the season like that, we'll have a good chance of of getting one of those top four spots, you know, you've got to say Manchester City are, are, are dominating the league ridiculously at the moment. They're going to be tough to catch. But all of those, you know, second, third and fourth place um, positions, they're up for grabs if Arsenal keep playing this way. And David, when you're going into such a busy period of the season as Arsenal now are between now and effectively January, really, to have won, what, 11 home Premier League games in a row, best run since 13 at Highbury in 2005, that, nucleus that kind of benchmark to build from is, is so important isn't it yeah and I think injuries are at a minimum at the moment and have been throughout the season I think that's you know the squad has 
as a group have coped very well with, with the games. So the games coming up, like you said, in a busy period, they're going to depend on a full squad. So it's about keeping the players fit, looking after them between games, and and you know getting the most out of them when they play. And I think it's a benefit with the Europa League as well, where where all the players have been getting regular football, so they're all in tip-top condition, ready to come into the side when called upon. And you, of course, are in tip-top condition, I'm sure, this Monday after the uh, the weekend and looking forward to the rest of your holiday. Yeah, I've only got a couple of days left, but um, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting back and, and getting down, get down to the Emirates and, and watch a couple of games as well. Dave, thanks for taking time out to speak to us on the Arsenal Weekly Podcast and uh, get yourself back to the pool, mate. My pleasure, Russ, and I'll be in the sun in about five minutes. Thanks. Young striker Chuba Agpom joined Arsenal as just a six-year-old and here's his story on moving through the Gunners Academy. I remember playing for my local team, Ripple AFC, at the age of five. And um, it used to be me and Alex, we first started playing there and we played like a season and a bit. We won a lot of trophies and, you know, we, it was only me and Alex in the squad. So <laughs> when the scouts used to come and watch games and... They would only look at me and Alex, so um, yeah, we just worked our way up from there, and um, yeah, I ended up getting scouted at six. Firstly, I ended up getting scouted by West Ham because um, my manager at the time was he was a big West Ham fan, so obviously he probably got the scouts to come, and um, we went there for a few few trials, and then a few games later, I got scouted by Arsenal. It must have been an away game, and um, the scouts gone to talk to my dad. And yeah, it just, it just all happened from there. The next thing you know, I was at the Arsenal training ground. I didn't even know I was going for a trial. I was at the Arsenal training ground and I had trials for a few weeks. So I was six years old and I was training with the Arsenal Academy. You know, it's nice to see um, all these young kids coming from different teams on trial as well. So uh, we was all on the same journey, you know, coming from Sunday League to Academy Football. And you could obviously ev see everyone was talented. And it was a tough stage because there's a big group at first and they'll start cutting them down slowly to eventually the best group of, of players. And um, thankfully I managed to, to get the nod and I ended up signing. The process of growing up uh, in the Arsenal Academy is, you just want to have fun really. You know, at the time, I obviously eventually started to support Arsenal because I was on trial there. And when you're watching them on TV and stuff, it's just surreal, like, you're watching the team that you play for. But at first, I think it's all about just having fun. You know, at school, you, I would finish school, and then my mum my and my dad would take me to the training ground, which was, like, 30 minutes away, and I'd go, like, three times a week. But it was all just for the fun of it, you know? Enjoying football, never taking it seriously, just, just getting on with it. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One of the most important steps for me was just focusing and not getting distracted by other things, you know, because even at such a young age, you have to be so focused. You're still training three times a week after school, you know, you got to do your homework and you get home and all of them things, so... You see, even at a young age, it's a lot to take in. But um, thankfully, I had the right guidance around me. And, um, yeah, I just love playing football. So when you've got the love for the game, like, nothing else can distract you. At Hayland, when I was younger, it wasn't about standing out and being the best player. It was just about enjoying the game. You know, no one thought anything of themselves. We just all wanted to get, get together and play football. And, um, yeah, and that's how it always was. The next step is you need to stay around, you know, because um, as the years go on, you start to get older and players start to get released. You know, it's, it's not nice to be getting released at such a young age. So although it's all fun in games and you want to have fun, you've got to take it seriously as well. And I started to realise that as I got older, you know, I started to see the players I was playing with leaving and going to other clubs and getting released. You know, it's not nice for you and it's not nice for your family as well all that time that you're putting in the training ground and you're getting released. So there is that um, there is that bit of competition, you know. Even though you're, they're your teammates, you still want to be better than them. You don't want them to take your place. So as you get older, the competition gets fiercer. As you get older, you start to, you start to understand the way football works, you know, scholar, professional contracts that you're about to sign. So... I think as I reached 14, 15, I started to think like, wow, okay, this is getting serious now. I need to be working towards getting a contract. And um, thankfully I ended up getting my scholar early. And um, from the age of 14, 15, I always used to play up. So I used to play for the under 18s or under 16s. And they ended up giving me my scholar, my professional contract early. At the time I was still like, well, I didn't know what this is until my parents had to explain it to me that it's, it's a big thing, you know, I'm signing my first contract. So yeah, unfortunately I saw a lot of um, teammates that I played with get released. So for me to be getting a contract, it must have showed that 
I stayed humble and I, and I just carried on working hard every training session. The A. To Z. Or Charlie George, who can hit them. Oh, look, we go! The is for Villa Park. We've beaten the Villains 29 times at their home ground, dating back to 1904, as well as this victory against Wolves in the 1998 FA Cup semi-final. He's got to play it back to Sagers. It's not the best kick in the world, and Vieira reacting quicker than the midfield men on the other side. And Christopher Ray is in! And what a run he's on! 12 minutes gone, and it's the number 12 who gives Arsenal the lead. Sagers couldn't get himself off the hook. And the power of Patrick Vieira, the precision of the pass and of the shot from Christopher Rowe. V is also for the man who set up that goal we've just heard, Patrick Vieira. Club captain Patrick played 406 times for Arsenal, scoring 33 times, including this one against Spurs, securing the league title for the Invincibles. And Ori ran away from Tottenham famously at uh, Highbury. The score from uh, a starting position similar to that one, but on this occasion he's looked for Bergkamp, who looks for Vieira! Well, we felt they wouldn't settle for the draw. Yet again, Arsenal, in a matter of seconds, have turned defending into classic counter-attack. Absolutely stunning. Tottenham just took over it. Vieira would leave us in 2005 with his final kick in a gunner's shirt, being winning the FA Cup final. Patrick Vieira to win the FA Cup for Arsenal. Finally, V is for Villa Real. We face the Spanish team on no less than four occasions, winning twice and drawing the others, including this famous night who was back in 2006 that took Arsenal to the Champions League final. Raquel, mate. Chalkboard with Adrian Clark. Adrian Clark joins me at the chalkboard. Clarky, how's it going? Very well, thank you. Yeah, life, life feels good when you've just spanked Spurs in the derby, doesn't it? Absolutely. I think two 0 qualifies as a spanking. Just about. oh, it was a two 0 spanking. <laughs> <laughs> a high points for sure, Adrian. But our question on the chalkboard: Why has the league form for Arsenal been so inconsistent this season? <laughs> yeah, how long have you got? <laughs> Probably not long enough. I, I think it has to be a, a, a mental thing, really, because away from home, Arsenal have, have been fragile and they were the opposite of fragile in the North London derby. Um, it is hard to put your finger on it, but um, but I think the, the motivation, the, the, the way that they 
approach some of these away games maybe needs to be tweaked in the weeks and months to come because whatever whatever has been happening hasn't really been working. The North London derby, the players didn't need psyching up for that. And you could see that they were pumped up on it from minute one. That needs to happen on a regular basis. No team can do that every single match of a campaign, but we want to see it more often from Arsenal. And, and whenever the Gunners do have that mentality, that mindset, they're a completely different side. And they're capable, as, as we've seen, of beating anybody. So, um, look, the bar's been set. We have said that before, that it's, it's about motivating themselves for every game. OK, so next up in the Premier League, Adrian, is Burnley on Sunday. What an effort from them this season to be right up there with the likes of Arsenal, Spurs, Liverpool. It's a mightily impressive effort. Stunning effort. Uh, Sean Dyche, manager of the year. He won't win it. Pep Guardiola, I think, is nailed on. If he keeps um, this up, though... Yeah, it, look, Manchester Which is City, very hard. Manchester City are probably going to break records this season in terms of goals scored, maybe points tally. Um, so I, I would imagine Guardiola would get it, but Sean Dyche probably should. I agree. For what he's doing uh, with, a, with a very limited budget. He's not the best paid manager. His players aren't, aren't on a stack of money. Um, yeah, but it's not just about solid defending with Burnley this, this season. They've, they've added potency going forward as well. I think on the ball, they've improved massively. I think without the ball, they've always been fairly fairly tough to beat, um, but they've become a more rounded side. You think about one or two players who aren't available at the moment as well. Chris Wood, big signing up front, didn't play at the weekend, just gone. Obviously, the top goalkeeper in Tom Heaton's out for a number of months. So it's not just that collective, is it? It's the improvement of the squad with frugal means relatively as well for me. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, well, Chris Wood... Might find it hard to, to get his place back because actually Barnes scored a scored a cracker at the weekend. So maybe he'll he'll get the nod to start up front. Now you're right to point that out, but the keepers come in, Nick Poe uh, for Tom Heat. He's been brilliant, he, outstanding. And I mean his form has catapulted him into the frame to be part of the England World Cup squad. And this is a guy that's been a journeyman in, in non-league and in the lower league. So look, well done to him. Um yeah, the astute signings. Jack Cork, I think, was was a bargain signing. Robbie Brady, who was very much in and out last year, has been given the nod on a regular basis. He's delivering. I mean, he's he's a wonderful crosser of the ball. Um, that's something Arsenal definitely need to watch out for at the weekend. But yeah, no, across the pitch, you've got uh, Michael Keane was sold. James Tarkovsky has come in and been one of the best central defenders in the, in the top flight. It's a key part of my fantasy league team there, I say. Uh, James Tarkovsky. Hargo's Harriers have had many a clean sheet with him. Actually, he's one of the cheapest players you can buy in the fantasy football, which too says late. a lot, though, to be so good. Probably too late for me to capitalise. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Um, but look, Tarkovsky and me have been the story of Burnley season. They have been sensational in terms of... When you look at the stats, like the headers they win, the clearances they make, the blocks, they're top of the charts um, across the board, really, those two struck up a lovely chemistry. So, therefore, with all of that in mind, mm. how do you break this lot down and how do you beat them? How do you beat Burnley? Well, not teams are finding it hard. Yeah, Let's put that on the record. Um... They've only conceded six goals from open play. Arsenal have conceded ten. I think only two, three or four teams have got a better defensive record from open play than Burnley. So that's how hard they are to break down. My my viewpoint is that on the deck, it's got to be passing and move. It's got to be passing on the floor with lots and lots of movement. Because when I think about their back four, as resilient as they are to crosses 
and balls chucked in the box. And as good as they are at shutting off space and, and, and blocking shots, sharp movement in and around the box is, is not their forte. And that, that can be Arsenal's strength. So, so yeah, it's important that Arsenal um, play that way at Turf Moor if they're allowed to. Where do you see Burnley maybe finishing up over the course of the season then? <laughs> well, I think it depends if they can keep Sean Dyche. Um, keep Sean Dyche and I think they can finish top half, which would be just incredible um, because I don't think it's a fluke. They're going away from home, grinding out results and on home turf, they're looking really solid. So it's, it's not lucky, um, but if they were to lose him... Pfft, you know, they, they'll probably finish the 13th, 14th. But they'll be nowhere near the relegation zone. Um, at the moment, it's as good as it gets for Burnley, let's be honest. They, 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 I can't see them staying in seventh. But look, we said that about Leicester when they won the league. We can't see them being champions, and they did. So it's not beyond the realms of possibility that they can stay where they are. Had Man City not been running away with it, there could have been almost like a 5% chance <laughs> of a repeat of that fairy tale, couldn't there? Because there was no Man City running away yeah. with it in Leicester's year, if you know what I mean. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, what story that would have been? <laughs> I mean, Burnley, much smaller than Leicester, but, but the way that they're going about their business isn't, isn't that dissimilar, really. OK, so if you are the manager, if you're Arsene Wenger, standing there in your <laughs> fetching trench coat, if you've got your five-second pre-Burnley team talk, what would you say? Fight like you did against Spurs, but when you go forward, keep the ball on the deck and move yourself quickly. That way we'll win. There were some little finger-pointing moments there, obviously, which we can't see on video on the podcast, but they were good. This man is a future manager, baby. <laughs> Clarky, thank you very much indeed. Now time to lock horns again in our favourite, favourite feature. Brain of Arsenal. Well, the Arsenal Weekly Podcast editor, Liam Roberts, joins us on the line for the uh, very latest in Brain of Arsenal. Liam, how's it going? All good, guys. Yeah, remember when I said that even when I'm not in the studio, I'm still there? This is uh, another example of it. Always watching. Yes. Always watching. The walls have ears, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> Liam, so, just uh, where do we stand? Yeah, so uh, last week it was uh, Adrian Clark who uh, who won week one of uh, Charlie George, uh, defeating, you were in week two, weren't you, Russ, or was it going on for week three? Uh, it was week three. It, it was, was week three. Very, 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 very tough questions, which the were curse. noted on social media, I noticed, by a few of our listeners. <laughs> the curse of week three strikes again. So, um, so you're back this week with a new subject, which is... I've decided to go with the first season of Arsenal at Emirates Stadium, as it was one I remember very well covering. And I mentioned just briefly, I've got a lovely clock that was handed out to the media just for that day, for anyone who happened to be assigned that game and uh, sits in my office. And I just saw that the other day and thought that will be my How next topic. <laughs> yeah, so no, yeah, I'm feeling good. It was, it was, it was a happy week for me last week, Liam. So uh, yeah, it was a, I dished out a rare hiding, so which I was pleased with. So, um, so who went first last week? Was it? It was Clarky did, didn't he? Because yeah. mine yeah. felt very much after the Lord Mayor's show know, yeah, <laughs> with so, my uh, North out of four. <laughs> so you rush your pick. Would you like to go first for a second? I'll get it out of the way. I'll go first. Okay, then. So your questions on Arsenal's 2006-2007 season start now. Um, who was the first team that Arsenal beat competitively at the Emirates? It was Aston Villa. It was? Who did they beat? It was Dynamo Zagreb. Oh, there was the Champions League qualifier. That and they, they drew 1-0. Three... They drew 1-0. Yeah, it was 3-1 on aggregate, wasn't it? Oh, you just, no. You just skied one over. Oh, of course. <laughs> 
a bad start for Hargreaves. Oh, no, competitive fixture. Keep your head, mate. I was thinking of the clock. <laughs> it's got Aston and Villa on it. First, ah! Oh. The Aston Villa game was a draw as well, so they... They didn't even beat Villa. I've had a shocker there. Olaf Melberg scoring. Useless Indeed, facts okay. now. Let's just move on. Oh! <laughs> Question two. How many points did Arsenal gain that season? 68. Correct. Question three. Who was Arsenal's leading scorer? Robin van Persie. Correct, with 13. And um, we all know that Gilberto scored the first competitive goal at Emirates against Aston Villa, but who scored Arsenal's final goal of the season at Emirates? Oh, that's a tough week one, huh? Oh, my goodness. Uh, oh, I'm just trying to think. Because had quite an in-and-out season with injury. And I'm just trying to remember whether he came back for those last couple of games. Freddie was the same. I wonder if it was one of those guys who had been out for a while and just came back with a bit of a good feel fact, good factor at the end. Oh, God. I'm going to say Henri, but I'm not sure. Um, it was actually Gilberto. He scored the first and the last goal. It was against Chelsea in the penultimate game. Mm. Look at the face. Face like thunder. Two out of four in the first <laughs> week. Oh. Uh, I don't think that's good enough. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what to say. <laughs> I feel for you. Oh. We'll, uh, we'll move on. We'll move swiftly on after that. So, uh, it never happened. Adrian, mm. week two, Charlie George. Question start now. Um, who did Charlie score his first goal for Arsenal again? Um, oh, uh, West Bromwich Albion. Correct. Uh, question two. Um, where does Charlie rank in the all-time list of 50 greatest Arsenal players? Oh, glad I checked this one. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I did. I did. Uh, I did delve in this one. I just I sort of read read the script. Uh, number nine. He is in the, in the list. Correct. Question three. Who is Charlie standing next to at the Arsenal mural around Emirates? <laughs> that's that's a cheeky one. Um, Charlie George, right. I'm trying to picture it. Um, George, around the front, isn't it? Charlie George. I think it might be... Oh, it's a guess. I'm, I'm going to say Dennis Bergkamp. Uh, no, it was Eddie Hapgood. Tough. That's tough, yeah. Tough, tough question. I can take and, it. Uh, right, come on, right, come on. This is a biggie. Your final question for the win. Question four. How many goals did Charlie score for Arsenal? I now hope this is right, because it does say it on Wikipedia, so, so, so fingers crossed you've seen the same thing. 49 in 179 games for Arsenal. Yeah, I cross-referenced it with Arsenal's official historian as well. That's correct. 49. Adrian Clark goes on to week three. Back then. Wow. Fair play. But, yeah, I, I, yeah. Let's, let's just move on. I, I know you're not in the mood for banter after that performance. Is <laughs> that first ever week one winner. defeat for anybody? Um, I don't know. I have to look back on the records for that, but... Um... Yeah, how, how are you going to be with the rest of the show? Are you going to be all right? I mean, one mistake, because there's no way anyone will get that last one. Oh, oh, God. So, so oh. Um, you're going to have to come up with a new subject next week. Oh, God, let's just go with the next year. Let's go, you know, <laughs> let's go 07, 08. <laughs> I haven't really thought of one. I didn't think this would happen. I'm going to go with the second year at Emirates Stadium. Did you get any clocks for that? Was there, was there, was there no, there were no clocks. No clocks. Hardly no. into a game, but stuff it. <laughs> right. 
Clarky, when can I see or hear you next? Um, I'm I'm in the commentary box actually for the for the game against Cologne. So uh, it's an early kickoff, isn't it, in on Thursday night? So really looking forward to that one. Don't forget to check out the breakdown as well. I've recorded it this morning here at Emirates Stadium. Um, hopefully, it's one that that Gunners fans will enjoy. Adrian, Liam, thank you. The final word. Well, the final word this week goes to NFL team, the Minnesota Vikings, who visited Emirates Stadium just before their American football clash against the Cleveland Browns. So, obviously, you are here because you were playing at Twickenham tomorrow. Are you nervous? How are you feeling? No, not nervous. Um, excited. Uh, we know it's a lot of fans here, a lot of football fans, American football fans, yeah. so we're excited uh, for tomorrow. It's been awesome. You know, uh, this is my second time being over here. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we were having a blast. It's, it's kind of fun for us to kind of break out the monotony and uh, have something different. And, like I said, come to a game like this is going to be pretty awesome. Newfound fans for sure today. I knew a few of the players uh, just from the international play. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, you know, this will be my first shot of really watching them. So, yeah. Do you ever follow football or our football here? Um, you mean like European football? Yeah, yeah. For sure. I, I've watched plenty of games um, just on TV if yeah. it's on. I played FIFA a lot uh, over the years, so. Um, but this would be my first Arsenal game. Uh, I was excited to kind of see what what uh, you know football is really about, and uh, just kind of see the atmosphere and and see the game. So it's going to be uh, exciting for us. Well, that's full time on this week's show. Our thanks to Tuba Akpom, to Tom Watt, to David Hillier, and of course to Adrian Clark for their contributions today. We'd like to know how we're doing in the podcast, so please leave us a rating and review on iTunes. You can subscribe as well and find us on Acast. Remembering to get your questions into Clarky at the chalkboard, that's on Twitter using the hashtag ArsenalWeekly. We're back on Monday, the 27th of November. Until then, it's bye for now. Don't forget the latest Arsenal Weekly podcast stories is currently available. We'll hear about the life and times of the invincible Gilberta. The Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 